Hey, this is Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. And today I have the very special honor of introducing Ariel Ford. Um, <clears throat> Ariel and I have been friends since 2010. Um, I met her through a friend, and she promoted uh, why he disappeared when it first came out. Um, I did a few of her products and summits, and she's turned into like a very special person in my life, uh, kind of like the, the trusted best friend aunt who knows everything that you don't and is always full of wisdom and sunshine. So uh, she comes from a very different place than I do, which is a, which is a valuable thing. We don't always see eye to eye on soulmates or spirituality. Uh, but we do agree on one major thing that underlies everything we do here. A great relationship is fundamentally easy and it feels good on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, Ariel didn't get married until after the age of 40 and dare I say she really got it right. Her husband Brian's a great guy, they're on the same wavelength and they're an amazing couple that my wife and I have been privileged to hang out with a few times when we go down to La Jolla. <clears throat> Not only that, uh, Ariel's probably the most connected person that I've ever met. We just, before the show started, we got to see her Rolodex, an actual Rolodex. But after being uh, working in the book industry in New York for years, uh, and with her immersion in the spiritual self-help side of things, she literally knows everybody. And so I just find it a joy to simply hear her talk. I, I, I like to hear myself talk, but I think I like to hear Ariel talk more. Uh, and that's why I have her on the Love You podcast today. She's been one of my greatest fans and supporters, and I'm excited to share her with you today. Now, the official introduction is Ariel Ford has spent the past 30 years living and promoting consciousness through all forms of media. She's the author of the international bestseller, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. Her book, Turn Your Mate into Your Soulmate, offers a groundbreaking shift in perception, showing couples how to have a deeper and more fulfilling relationship. Her latest book is Inspirations. We've got a copy. Uh, love, love by Design, Coloring the Divine Path to Manifest Your Soulmate, the world's first transformational coloring book. Ariel has been called the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love. I think those are pretty fair assessments. She lives in La Jolla, California with her husband, Brian, and their feline friends. Her website is www.soulmatesecret.com. Welcome, my friend, <laughs> Thank you, Evan. I'm so excited to be invited on your podcast. I can't wait to talk. Well, it's usually, you know, you've interviewed me five times, and I have never had the opportunity to return the favor. Um, so I'm just excited to be on this end of things and prompt you to share your good stuff with the world and offer it for free. That's one of the things that you do really well is you sell stuff and I give a lot of stuff away for free. <laughs> so um, so uh, thank you for being here and, and taking time on this early uh, Friday morning when we shoot these things. So um, your two-minute version, I gave my two-minute version of, of my perception of you. How did you become the person who is the fairy godmother of love? You know, I never planned to do this for a living. I spent most of my life as a book publicist representing everybody in the spiritual self-help world. And then one morning I woke up at the age of 43 and 
freaked out because I thought, oh my God, I'm 43 years old and I forgot to get married. And when I started looking at my life and seeing how I'd spent my time, I realized I'd put all my time and energy into building my business. And it was a hugely successful business and it was lots of fun to do. But the only time I noticed that I didn't have a boyfriend or a husband was on Saturday nights at 11 o'clock when I was driving home alone from some gala or screening or party. Then I was like, oh shit, forgot to get married. So I looked to see how I had built my business. And I had used it by using the law of attraction, which is something I know you probably don't believe in, but it works. And I took every prayer and process and ritual I'd ever used to get Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Marianne Williamson, and all those folks to be my clients. And I applied it to my love life. And within six months, I met the most perfect guy on the planet. Three weeks after we met, we got engaged. And a year later, we had three weddings. And that was now 20 years ago. So that's the short version. And, 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 I, and I, love, I love the story, right? And I would always tell everybody, don't try this at home. <laughs> oh, but it works. It no, no, works. no, 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 not the, not the law of attraction. I'm not telling people not to read your books, right? <laughs> the, oh my God, you're my soulmate. Let's get engaged in three weeks. But, but you notice I didn't get married for a year because being a smart, successful woman, I knew that even though in my heart I felt like he was my soulmate, I didn't know a thing about him. And I was not going to commit the rest of my life or my finances or anything else to somebody I didn't know because I okay. was looking for more than a soulmate. I was looking for a life partner. And, so I, I was, I, and I'm looking for things today that we could we – could, fundamentally agree upon yeah so that that people aren't going to be like wait, wait what he says this and she says this i i love but the, you know but you know what I, Evan, <laughs> from what i know about what you teach yeah you know because i love your smart sane practical approach to it i'm in total alignment with that i just have a belief that like the law of gravity is always working whether you see it or believe it or not the law of attraction is always working. And all the law of attraction says is that we draw to us the people, places, and experiences that match our state of being. So if our state of being is I'm ready for love, I deserve love, and just like I have to approach looking for a new job by doing certain things every day, whether I want to do them or not, that is how I draw to me you know, the person who's perfect for me, not a perfect person because none of us are perfect, but the one who's perfect for me. So I think we're more aligned in more ways than not. It may just be a matter of semantics. I'm, I'm down with that. So uh, by your definition, what, because this is a major part of your work, it's in your titles, what is a soulmate? Okay, so first I want to start by saying everybody has more than one possible soulmate. In fact, our friend John Gray believes there's at least a couple of hundred thousand potential soulmates on the planet for us. Thank, thank the God that I don't believe in that you said that. <laughs> right. And here's the reason. There are 7.2 billion people alive on the planet right now. More than half of them are single. You know, so, so just statistically, the odds are in your favor. Now, my, my definition of a soulmate is that it's first and foremost somebody you can completely be yourself with, somebody with whom you share unconditional love, which means you're willing 
to forgive their quirks and craziness. And most importantly, when you look into their eyes, you have the experience of being home. And if you accept that definition, the really good news is for everybody watching is that you already have a dozen soulmates in your life. Your parents, your kids, your siblings, your coworkers, your best friends, your dogs and your cats, because they all fit that definition. I and like if, that. Right? So you and I are soulmates for sure. Evan, you're one of my soulmates. Oh, we are. We're soulmates. But when Aww. you're looking for a romantic soulmate life partner, you know, if you put your energy and your attention every day by having some gratitude for the immense amount of love you already have in your life, that will make your heart magnetic to pulling in your romantic soulmate life partner. I, uh, I'm 100% on board with that. I like it. Now, so everybody has all these soulmates, right? Yes. We don't know who they are. Um, if you if you were deeply in love with your soulmate and he passed prematurely, that doesn't mean it was the only love of your life. You could you could love again. No, and I actually wrote a book about this, and it's free. It's a hundred percent free at loveontheotherside.com. In case any widows are listening, loveontheotherside.com. Because what happens is when one half of a soulmate couple dies and goes to heaven, the one who's in heaven wants you to be happy, wants you to have love and sex in your life. So if you ask them, they will help you find a new soulmate. And in this book, there are true stories of people this has happened to, including Christine Carlson, who was married to Richard Carlson, who wrote the international bestseller, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, because he died prematurely at 46. You know, and she's now with a new soulmate and her new soulmate says he feels like he's in a threesome because it's him and Chris and Richard, who's on the other side, who brought them together. <laughs> and uh, I know you don't believe this. No, 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 but I'm, I'm, not here, I'm not here to contradict you. I'm, I, I, think, I think that's wonderful. And uh, if anything, I, I try to embody the idea of being an, a dating optimist. And we're really all talking about uh, shades of, of optimism. Are you going to give up on dating relationships and men because you're of a certain age and you've made some mistakes in the past? Or if you persevere and you put your uh, spiritual practices into action and my dating practices into action, you combine these things and the invariable result is that you're going you're gonna to find what you're looking for. You just don't know when. Right. And if you don't have a dead husband on the other side, but you have a dead grandmother who really loved you, you can ask her for assistance. Listen, it can't hurt whether you believe it or not. You know, if you just say, Grandma, I'm looking for my soulmate life partner. If you see any good candidates, could you put them in my path? There's no harm in doing that. Agreed. Agreed. We all need all the help we can get. Um, is there anything to learn from your individual story specifically? Um, because it, 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 almost seems like such a wonderful confluence of events, which is not to say that you didn't create or manifest, but you sure got lucky pretty fast in a way that not everybody could be guaranteed. So I don't want to raise the bar and say, hey, if you do what Ariel says, you're going to be married in a year either. You know, like we kind of have to set realistic expectations around how quickly and magically this works. Otherwise, I would think, I can imagine people would be frustrated. Well, Ariel got it. In six months, yes. But you have to understand, I had 
15 years practicing manifestation. I was a master manifester when I started doing this. And, you know, so over the last eight or nine years that I've shifted out of working in publishing and just working in the love space, I've seen this work as quickly as three minutes. And I'll tell you that story in a second. And sometimes it takes three years. Uh, and it's worked for tens of thousands of men and women in 40 countries around the world. So, so the woman it worked for in three minutes went to Barnes & Noble, picked up The Soulmate Secret off the shelf, was standing in line to pay for the book. The guy behind her asked her about the book. They're now married. Okay, that was the three-minute story. The three-year story, you know, we don't have to tell a lot of stories. But I tell you all three years of it. I want, I want to hear everything. Yeah, no, no, no. But, it, you know, it, it does sometimes take time. Here's the thing to learn from my story. So here I was, 43 years old, focused on ready for a soulmate, ready to get married, you know, and occasionally the doubt would come up, oh, I'm too old, you know, uh, it's passed me by, I should have done this 10 years ago, whatever. It's almost and comical, I'm, right? I mean, the idea, you look at yourself, it's 20 years ago, the idea right. that 20 years ago you were too old. Right. So I was watching Oprah one day, and Oprah had Barbara Streisand on as a guest, and Barbara Streisand had just gotten engaged to James Brolin. Now, I was living in L.A. at the time. I had met Barbara Streisand a few times. And, like, having met her and knowing her reputation, everybody pretty much knows she's a reclusive, difficult diva. And I had this aha moment, which was, oh, my God, if God has the perfect man for Barbara Streisand, I am going to be a piece of cake. I am not a difficult, reclusive diva. I'm a nice, warm, friendly person. So I, I was able to shift that knowing and trusting that there was the right guy out there for me. And I'm pretty much a psychotic optimist anyway. So I just kept saying it could happen today. It could happen today. Where do I need to go? What, what signs am I getting? There was no online dating in 1997 when I was doing this. Well, there was, there and was, I was the only one doing it. But yes, I, okay. your point is well taken. <laughs> right, right. And, and I did answer some of those ads in the back of New York Magazine, sure. which was a disaster. You know, and I did do that. Oh, God, what was that? There was one dating service in L.A. But I, and Great I Expectations. Of, Yes, great expectations. I had friends that actually did that, but I never did that. Anyway, I honestly believe that it was the right time for me. I, I was not emotionally ready. I was still a bit of a commitment phobe. And I was obsessed with growing my business. You know, yeah. that, that was fun for me. Sure. You know? So, and the other thing I want to say, what's so great about finding your soulmate it is so healing to have that level of love and devotion that in the first year of being married to Brian, even though I worked less and didn't try, my income doubled. And I honestly believe it's because I had this, this cocoon of love around me. I had this safe place to land. I had yeah. somebody to talk to who wasn't going to judge me, who was just going to love me for being me instead of my resume. And so, you know, if you really want to grow your business, listen to you. That's what people need to do. Listen to you, find the right guy and take your time. Don't rush it. You really want to get to know this person because it's a nightmare if they're not the right person. And then find out just how life great, you can have it all. You can have love and success. I'm living proof. We're continuing this conversation about soulmates and the law of attraction um, and 
what it feels like and, and the value of having uh, what she would call a soulmate. soulmate. It's not terminology I, I use, but her husband, my wife, they, they serve similar purposes in our, our life. They, the, her definition of a soulmate was a really good one in terms of uh, what it's like to just relax, breathe easily, know you feel safe. This person isn't going anywhere. They get you. They let you be yourself. They know you at your worst and they put up with you anyway. Um, and so, uh, Ariel, uh, how does one use the law of attraction? And it's people who are familiar with the law of attraction and the secret, but how does one take that and turn it into tangible action and results? You know, that's such a great question because I know a lot of people have seen the secret and they tried it and they said it didn't work for them. And the reason that it didn't is it left out what I call the secret sauce. So they talk, a lot of people talk about visualization. Well, visualize what you want, you know? So let's say, Evan, you want a new forest green convertible Jaguar and you see yourself driving down the 101, your hair's blowing and you can feel the leather seats and you know, you got the power of the car. And so you can visualize all of this, but in your emotional body, you're saying to yourself, I can't afford it. I don't deserve it. The kids need to go to private school. This is never going to happen. And it isn't ever going to happen. So I stopped visualizing and I do what I call a process of feelingization. And it's a guided process where I take people from their head to their heart. We get out of the pretty pictures of our head. We drop into our heart. And then we have an experience, a present moment experience of love, appreciation, or gratitude. I just have you remember a time when you felt loved or gratitude. And when you're in that state, your heart, is, this has been scientifically proven, goes into a state called heart coherence. And you're, you can actually measure your heart waves because usually they're really choppy if you look at a cardiogram. But when you're in heart coherence, they go like this. So when you're in this state of heart coherence, you're physically and emotionally ready to manifest. So we go into this state of feeling love and gratitude. And then we imagine our desire being true. So if the desire is to have this deep, connected, loving relationship, we pretend that it's happening right now. We imagine what it feels like in our heart, mind, body, and soul to have this experience of deep, connected love. And that's how, that's the secret sauce to manifesting. And I have dozens of these feelingizations for free at soulmatesecret.com. Just hit, there's a tab called free stuff. Go to free stuff and you can do these. They're about we all like free stuff. I have tons of free stuff. Actually, I don't sell any products on my website. I don't have any. Evolving Wisdom has my courses, mm -hmm. but I'm just not good at selling. So I just like to give stuff away for free. I got it. Good stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, I like it, and it sounds not altogether different and, than what athletes do. Um, it's exactly what athletes do. Sort of positive do. psychology, visualization. It's the bottom going of the ninth. The and, zone. You're going into the love zone. Yeah. You know, so if you see yourself, you know, throwing that final pass into the end zone to win the Super Bowl, it's the same thing. You, you see, but mostly you feel what it feels like, that joy to know that somebody's got their arms around you physically and literally in every other way. What does that feel like? You so, know, so by, yeah. So here, here's, here's my question. Cause I'm, again, I'm, I'm down with this. The, 
the hard part, and, and you've, you've, um, I've got, you've undoubtedly uh, dealt with this because I deal with it every day. Um, what about the person who literally can't imagine what it's like? I was on the phone with a client yesterday and she's like, all these things you're talking about, I don't even believe they exist for me. I've never felt that. I was, my father abandoned me and I chose two abusive husbands and I, I, I can't imagine or put myself there. Yes, and there are some people like that. And honestly, Evan, this is why God invented psychiatrists, you know, because sometimes they need to clear these deep, deep wounds. But I would say to that person, have you ever had a pet? Have you ever had a dog? Has the dog ever come and licked you on the face? That is an experience of love. So maybe you haven't experienced real deep human love, but if you've experienced the love of a kitten or a puppy or a, a young child, somewhere in your life of 40 years, you have experienced love. That's the feeling that you want to incorporate and re-experience and just know that it can be expanded to human love. And with that level of abuse, he, there is a level of healing that I know I'm not qualified to deliver. Uh, it's important for us uh, to know our limitations, so I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm with you. Um, how does all this tie into the idea of love at first sight? Because I think, I think, and this isn't a contradictory narrative, I think there's a lot of lust at first sight. I've experienced a lot of lust at first sight, and I've also fallen deeply for someone soon after meeting them. As it turned out, none of them proved to be my wife. So it seems like a little broken clock is right twice a day thing because everybody I thought that I loved at first sight, I was wrong. Yeah, so how no, do you know I, when you're right? You know, you don't know. And that's yeah. why it's important to spend the time getting to know somebody. Certainly there's lust at first sight, you know, but you know, you and I understand what happens in the brain. You know, we get cascaded with dopamine and adrenaline and oxytocin. And, and literally, we go into the state that I call the socially acceptable form of insanity. There's nothing real about that state. You know, it's not until you actually spend the time, get to know them, know their friends, make sure your family meets them. I can't tell you, every guy I had a long-term relationship with, my, my family hated them. You know, but with, I never, with, good, with good reason, with good reason, they were narcissists, you know, but I was, you know, I had lessons to learn, you know, I don't regret any of those relationships, but I think I, I'm not a big fan of love at first sight. I think, you know, love at a year, then you know something. <coughs> okay. Take a second. Um, yeah. If anything, I've learned to almost distrust the concept of love at first sight. So, I've had, I've had people come to me. Well, uh, Ariel, uh, you know, met her husband and just knew, and Claire Zamet met her husband and just knew, and Oops. why are you, Evan, telling me that you shouldn't just know? Um, and I think I, the way I like it, it's like, like, it's like your way is like, your way is like winning the lottery, <laughs> and my way is like working hard for 30 years to get the promotion. But, but, you know, the thing is, even though I knew the day that I met Brian, that there was this connection, mm -hmm. like I said, I had, I had many years of manifesting, and I also knew that I didn't know him. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like we eloped after three weeks. We didn't. We waited an entire year because I, you know, given my track record, which wasn't good, I didn't want to make a mistake. You know, so I think, you know, people say, oh, but you knew instantly. Yes, and 
Um, I also am a bit intuitive. I know how to look for signs. I had dreams before I met him that gave me clues. He literally saw my face in his dreams before we met. So there was a lot of woo-woo stuff going on with us as well. Same for Claire, you know. Um, so unless you're living deep in that world, chances are you're not going to know and you're not supposed to know, you know. Okay. Well, um, again, we're, we're, we're like politicians and we're, we're, we're finding the, the centrist point of view. So it's, it's, very, it's valid. I want to be Bernie. <laughs> you could totally be Bernie and I'll, and I'll be Hillary. Okay, so, great. <laughs> um, so uh, this, is a, this is a term that you use, and I, I feel like I can get ahead of it, but I'd love for you to explain uh, why living as if will get you to love faster, right? So yeah. what, 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 is it, what does that mean, okay. living as if? Okay, so to go back to the athlete uh, example, you know, so when somebody wants to become a champion athlete, you know, they are practicing just like LeBron James is practicing. You know, they're, uh, they're suiting up the same way. They're living in the world that I'm a champion. So if when you're living as if your behavior follows your belief. So if your belief is, I deserve love, I'm going to have love, love's going to show up at any moment. That means when you're leaving the house, you don't have bed head and your raggiest, ugliest clothes on. You've actually looked in the mirror before you walked out the front door. You're not sleeping in your high school boyfriend's ratted jersey. You're actually wearing lingerie. Your home is prepared. Uh, some of the living as if things I did was I was buying tickets to concerts and plays that I imagined that we would go to together. And if he hadn't shown up on the appointed date, I'd bring a girlfriend. I was buying happy birthday cards, happy anniversary cards, I love you just because cards. And I had dozens of them, knowing someday I would give them to him. I was, my reality was, I am already in a relationship. I was talking to him every single day. So I'm going to get really woo-woo on you here. I believe in quantum science. And in quantum science, Two of the principles are that there is no time, that the past, the present, and the future are all happening now. There's no past, there's no future. Also in quantum science, there's the belief that we're all connected to each other and to everything. So if you accept that, then you are already connected to your soulmate life partner on the unseen plane. You can start the relationship today by closing your eyes and having an internal conversation with them. And this is what I like to call love before first sight. So I was doing that for six months. So I think one of the reasons Brian and I recognized each other was because we were already in relationship. Now the other side of this, because I was living as if, Believing that I was already in a relationship and enjoying it, when people sent me invitations with an RSVP card, I would always put plus one, which of course would confuse people. They'd say, oh, I didn't know you were dating anybody. What's his name? It's like, I don't have his name yet, but I will be at your wedding with my date. <laughs> you know, so that's another way to live as if. Um, so I think it's a really important part of the process. The other thing that I encourage people to do, and this isn't a rule, but it's an encouragement, is do not have random casual sex with your ex or anybody else that you know is not your soulmate. Because if you truly believe 
that you are already on the unseen plane connected to your soulmate. And if you're living as if that I am in a relationship, then having casual sex is sort of like cheating on them. Now, like I said, this is just my belief, but I, it was something that I did and it wasn't easy because there were a lot of fun drive over types that I, I was used to playing with because it was fun. It was a good stress reliever. Um, but I stopped doing that because I was so certain that my soulmate could arrive at any moment that I energetically didn't want anybody else's energy in me. That may um, be too much information. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just the right amount of information because again, we, we come full circle. Uh, people who uh, listen to me know that, that quite famously, I say you shouldn't have uh, sex at least until he's your, your boyfriend, which means that you vetted him enough to figure out, all right, this guy has husband potential. It'll, it might take us a few years to figure out whether that's true, but you're not investing your time in a guy that you know is the wrong guy. So, right. And not only that, for women, and you probably explain this to them, is that whenever somebody gives you pleasure, your brain secretes oxytocin, which is the super glue of bonding and love. So if it's just a one-nighter, you're still emotionally getting attached to somebody who's inappropriate for you. And why do that to yourself? Uh, agreed. I like it. I like where we're going, Ariel. Um, <laughs> I told uh, you soulmates. <laughs> Perhaps, but th then I have a lot of soulmates in this industry. I mean, I really, I Carol, think of all the- Carol's definitely a soulmate of ours, right? And, uh, but I think, I, and she, her, what's her site? Is, is it Love is in the Stars is her Love site? Love is in the Stars. I, I, I think this industry is just filled with really good, good people. Like everybody's kind of got their own version of this religion, but they're all pointing to the same destination. So um, well, you know, the, way, the way I like to explain it is if you like to cook, then you have many different cookbooks to learn from. You wouldn't just have one cookbook. So if you're interested in being a student of love and having more love in your life, why wouldn't you sample all the different paths to love? And, and nobody provides a better sampler platter than <laughs> you and your summit series. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that next. And so we're going to sort of continue with this terminology, which, which all actually makes sense practically. We were talking previously about uh, uh, living as if, right? Visualizing, feeling what it's like to be loved. What is feathering the nest and why is that important? Well, part of the process is not just getting yourself emotionally and physically and ready for love, but also getting your home ready. Um, because at some point you're going to invite them in the front door. So what I suggest people do is if you were living in your apartment or your home with a former lover, their energy, even though you can't see it, is still there. And there are ways to clear it out. You can hire a professional energy worker, a feng shui expert, or you can do it yourself. You can just do the Native American technique of saging which uh, you've probably never done, Evan, but you get a piece of white sage from Whole Foods and you, you take a match to it and it starts to smoke. And you let the smoke go over the door jams and the windows and in the closets. And this purifies the energy in your home. I see that look on your face like, what the, what is she talking no, about? No, no, there's no, there's no look on my face. <laughs> it's just my face. <laughs> so you, you clear out the energy or if you don't want to sage it, some people don't like the the aroma of sage. Um, you can simply open up your windows and doors on a nice sunny day, 
and take your broom and using your imagination, sweep out the old energy. It's just, it's more symbolic than anything else. You want to get rid of the old energy. Then I recommend that you, if you have pictures or souvenirs of mementos of things that you did with an ex, get them out of the house, box them up, put them in the garage or give them away or throw them away. But what happens is even though you're not looking at them every day on an unconscious level, you're being triggered and you're still connected to your past. Plus your date could come in and pick up a picture of you and your ex-husband and say, Oh, this looks like Santorini. When were you there? And suddenly you're talking about your honeymoon from long ago. So, Feathering the nest is about clearing that out of the way. If you have young children at home and some of these pictures are of their, their other parent, put them in the children's room, but get them out of the public spaces of your house so you're not talking about them. The other part about feathering the nest is literally making space in your home for another person. So you probably haven't had this experience, but the women listening have, when you clean out your closet and you get rid of old clothes, the next thing that happens is you get new clothes because nature abhors a vacuum. So you want to make space in your house for your new soulmate. What this looks like is you would have the nightstand on their side of the bed totally empty. You would have one drawer in your dresser totally empty. You would give them a few inches of space in the closet. Unless you happen to live in New York City, and then I understand there is no inches of extra space. Give them half a shelf in the bathroom cabinet. If you have a two-car garage and you've been parking in the middle, move over. Make space for another car. Um, so that's what feathering the nest is, is about. It's about literally telling the universe, I have space in my life. Now, the other piece of this, which is something I'm sure you talk about as well, is make space in your calendar. Don't say, I'm going to make time to date when I meet somebody. Start carving out the time now. Every day, you know, make sure you're, you're spending time online. Make sure you're carving out time on Saturday afternoon for coffee dates. Like, actually put date time in your calendar now because that's how the universe can assist you in drawing in dates. I like it. Um, I, I want to offer, uh, trying to embody the, the women who listen here uh, and, and offer some resistance to it because I, I love the optimism. Uh, a big part of my Love You program is assume the answer is yes. Assume every guy likes you, every guy wants to sleep with you, every guy wants to marry you. All you have to do, do is determine whether you like him. It's a very right. powerful, very, very powerful place to be. So this is all of these things that you're talking about, the feathering the nest and living as if this, it's all assuming the best from the future, creating the space for it. What happens if I'm a woman and I'm doing this? And um, all I know is that I have half my garage and I bought an empty nightstand and two years later, it's still empty. Um, is this, is this a reminder that's going to make me feel bad? Am I going to feel like a failure because I made the space? He's not here. When does this flip back on me? Because, again, I, I, I like the positivity, but at some point I can only imagine every human's going to come down and be like, what am I, what am I doing? I'm, I, I'm doing this. Do I not believe it? And then I start beating myself up. And, and okay. Can you see that? Yes, and that's a common thing, and, and, and the way I explain it is that there's a principle called divine timing. 
Okay, so so let's just use a gardening analogy. Okay, you want to grow some tomatoes. So you go and you till the soil and you put in the seeds and then you water it, right? But you don't go out to the garden at three in the morning and start tugging on the leaves saying, grow faster, grow faster, because you trust that Mother Nature knows how to grow a tomato and you don't know on what day the tomato is going to be sprouted and ripe. And it's like this with growing love. There's the divine timing. We don't know. We don't get to dictate, okay, I'm going to do everything Ariel just said. And then, you know, by July 4th, 2018, I'm getting married no matter what. You don't get to do that. I had this one friend, Cynthia, who had been divorced for 20 years. She was over 50. She had taken everybody in town's workshops. And then she kept calling me saying, it's been two and a half years. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And it's like, Cynthia, you're not doing anything wrong. I promise you on the day that you meet this man, you're going to find out why it took so long. Six months later, she called me up and she said, you were right. I said, okay, tell me everything. She said, I met him yesterday. I just have this feeling he could be the one. And we couldn't meet until today because six months ago, he buried his wife of 30 years from breast cancer. And for the last three years, he's been nurturing her, taking care of her. And the last six months, he's been grieving. Five years ago, I danced at her wedding. That is a great story. I love that story. Yes. And everybody you know danced at her wedding as well. There were a whole bunch of us there because we had all taught her. And I said to her at the wedding, I said, was he worth waiting for? And she said, absolutely. She said, you were right. I just, you know, there's this divine timing thing. So you can give up. You can have a pity party. You can say, poor me. And I do allow people to have pity parties for three minutes. You know, for three minutes, you can beat yourself up. And then you've got to stop. You've got to stop and just remember that, you know, you are not the one person out of the 7.2 billion. God did not choose you and say, oh, no, you're not getting any love. I've chosen you to be alone, okay? You don't get to be that person unless you want to be, you know? And that's the one thing we as emotionally mature adults have control over, our thoughts and our beliefs and our feelings. But they require management. They require awareness and attention, yes. you know? So, you know, you can choose. You want to be right? I mean, I have, I have these, these West Side New York women who come to my Omega workshop every year, and they give me the statistics. Oh, I'm 65 years old. They're also made-up statistics. The, the, right. the, there's zero men in New York. The, right. There's 42 times more single women than men. Are, they're really, right. really outlandish. And last year, I had, I had this woman who just, like, gave me this litany, and no matter what I said to her, she argued with me. And I finally said to her, you know what, Miriam? You're right. Your life sucks. God doesn't love you. There's not a man out there who can love you. You know, it's never going to happen for you. And then she looked at me and she's like, was shocked. And I said, what? She said, why are you saying that? I said, because I just spent the entire weekend giving you every possible option, sharing all these stories with you of women over 60 who have found love again. And you keep fighting with me. So I'm just telling you, you're going to get to be right. You know, that's it's powerful. That's powerful. I really so, want so to. All you did is hold up the mirror. I, I'm not saying. I'm just repeating back to you what you told me. Exactly, exactly. And and here's the thing I know for sure. You know, just like we all have enough clean water to drink and fresh air to breathe, there's more than enough love for all of us. There's no limitation on love. 
you know so start thinking about it that way you know oh yes i have water i have air and i have love i like it um uh, there's one thing I didn't get to circle back to. Uh, I didn't, I, this is a great note to end on, but I want to circle back because you wrote here uh, why you should have sex before the first date yes. in the same podcast that we said we don't have sex. So this seems to be some sort of euphemism. So what does it mean why you should have sex before the first date without having sex before the first date? Okay, so the S is for self-pleasure. You know, so there's a lot of single people out there that, haven't had a lot of sex or aren't having sex and you know the opportunity may show up and i would say that if you could self-pleasure before you go on the date not only will it up your radiance and your attractiveness you won't be prone to doing something stupid the e is for eating do not go out on a date on an empty stomach because you will end up having a drink and then you'll do something stupid like have sex on the first date and the X is for don't talk about your ex on the first date. That's only going to get you into trouble and depress you. So self-pleasure, eat, no talking about the ex, is why to have sex before the first date. Clever. I like it. I like it. Um, Ariel Ford, you're such a superstar. I really appreciate you being here. How could people get more of you uh, What's the best place they can go to find you and, and uh, take advantage of your wisdom? Um, just go to soulmatesecret.com. Like I said earlier, there's a tab called free stuff. There's lots of goodies there. And then also, I've just written this transformational coloring book on how to manifest love called Love by Design. If you click on the cover on my homepage, soulmatesecret.com, there's a 30-minute video on how to use the law of attraction to manifest love. And it's free. We love free. Uh, my wife has that book, and dare I say, it's working. I I don't know, I don't know if it's chicken or the egg, but we have the book, and she seems to be happy. So, check it out for yourself. Um, any parting words, my dear friend? You know, um, I think the only thing I really want people to know is that this level of love, soulmate love, big love, is really possible for everyone but it does require that you invest a little time and energy and intention and attention onto your love life. You know, the FedEx guy is not going to deliver your soulmate to your front door. That is never going to happen. Even when they get the drones going, you know, there's no one click shopping for soulmate, but there are strategies. You have them. I have them. Our friends have them, but you have to, you have to play. You have to get in the game. And, and you have to make the game fun. You know, that's the other part, you know, be a crazy psychotic optimist because the truth is love's possible. All right. Well, I love you, Ariel Ford. I thank you so much for being with me. I'll send you an email about all the ways that we're going to play when we're, when we're done with this, but uh, for our guests and readers, did I tell you? Yeah. Yeah. So she's a superstar. <laughs> Go take advantage of her free gifts. Uh, and I want to thank everybody for joining me here on the Love You Podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Next, we're, next week, I'm going to be talking about dating with an anxious attachment style and what you can do to make healthier, more empowering choices. If you feel that men are always pulling away from you, you should definitely tune in. And if you enjoyed today's episode, want to be a future guest on the Love You Podcast, go to www.evanmarkkatz.com forward slash podcast guest to see upcoming topics and ask questions. 
Don't, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And best of all, I give away the most free dating and relationship advice uh, on www.evanmarkcats.com. Give me your name and email address and I will identify your number one relationship challenge and give you a solution on what you can do right now to fix it. Thank you so much. I'll see you again next week on the Love You Podcast.